my advice to anyone who's listening to this that gets into marketing, once you get to that point where you do it really well, start looking back in time and seeing seeing how the masters did it and apply it to new technologies that are available to you today. This is Digital Marketing. Hey everyone, this is Marty Grass, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you should be focused on to cutting edge tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is James Bullis, one of our certified partners and the founder of Venton Webmaster Solutions. And I figure we could start by talking about Webmaster, which everybody has tried to avoid for a really long time. Why did you bring that back? <laughs> yeah, so like we were talking about earlier, I've always been positioned in the in the industry, you know, calling yourself a web designer, a web developer, it's really difficult to really say what you do. And so in the early days, I wanted to become a webmaster. That's why I got into this game. And when I started working at my first agency, they were like, oh, we don't use that term anymore because there's no way you could master everything about the web. And of course, this was like in 2006 when we no. barely even scratched the surface. Doing anything. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I over the years, like the last 20 years, I've been struggling. Like, how do I really kind of uh, make it really easy for people to understand what it is that I do? And so I started looking back at that term webmaster. And, and the reality is that term wasn't created to insinuate that you've mastered everything on the web. It comes from the term of postmaster. And the funny thing is my dad was a postmaster. So I already understand, like, he's in charge of walking uh carriers, mounted carriers, all the finances, all these different things. And a good webmaster kind of goes and does all those things as well. And so I thought we need to use that term and really kind of set ourselves apart and bring that term back because that's what it really means. I, I love that because I think it's, uh, you know, that's one of the most difficult things about being an outside website designer is or webmaster is everybody's like, oh, no, I want to be able to modify it. And I have, you know, my my nephew is into SEO, so he's going to do stuff on there and blah, blah, blah. And it's it's one holistic system. It would be like having a you know brick and mortar business and bringing in 15 different people to design it like or maintain right. it. Not going to work. As, as opposed to having one one person or or one team, you know, maintaining it, keeping everything up there, you know, and so yeah, so that term, but of course, back then, with with that idea that you had to master everything about the web, there were these emerging things in marketing that were coming out that I was paying attention to. You know, when I was working at that agency, the only things we worked with were search engine optimization, directory listings. And we did some content creation, uh, but it was very time consuming and, um, you know, it wasn't really connecting with people. But then I started recognizing these social media platforms like MySpace was popular at the time. And uh, but then LinkedIn popped up and then Twitter popped up and I started seeing all these opportunities. And then I, I learned about StomperNet and, um, you know, some of the things that the guys from there were developing and coming out with. And so I got really interested in realizing that there was a lot more to just websites, you know, like working at that agency, I realized you could integrate marketing, but now there was this whole new digital marketing era. Like we used to call it internet marketing and then online marketing. And now it was like this whole digital marketing thing. 
so yeah, I really got into. Did, did you ever uh, get into the Stompernet stuff? No, no. I think the first thing I built was like GeoCities, and then then I went to a Yahoo store. Was actually what I built my the business I sold was built on Yahoo, and I was like, man, Yahoo's the best. You know, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. site looked ugly as hell. It was like not an attractive website. So then I got into the design elements, but. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, cause I had a, a website agency as well, and it was everything you're describing in, in terms of having to deal with all components of marketing and you have to, because really the destination of all the marketing that you're doing is going to be the website, Absolutely. which is yeah. why I got into websites. I was like, who cares about all your marketing? If you're sending them to like a dumpster fire, you know, exactly. It's yeah. Not going to work. That's absolutely right. We we consider the website the foundation of your online business, and it's an it's a piece of owned media. And one of the things I'm always trying to explain to the businesses that we work with is it is not an expense; it is an asset, and it is an asset that creates more assets. And you know, back in the early days, especially back when when Stoppernet, so Stoppernet was this group of like I would say the first generation of internet marketers, all the powerhouses and Ryan Dice was one of those people. And so I remember they came out with like a magazine and I got the magazine and had a a picture of all the people on the front of it. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Ryan was like laying in front of everybody, but I, I could be mistaken about that. They weren't holding him, holding (laughs) him in the front. (laughs) They probably (laughs) were. (laughs) But it goes, it goes back to this story that um, I remember you know, like I was starting to kind of see this emergence of this digital marketing and the people who were a part of Stompernet were coming out. They were all masters in their own field and were coming out with their own strategies. And then one day I get this email from this guy and I didn't know what his name was. And I'm reading this email and he's talking to me like I'm his friend. And he's he's very concerned about my business. And he thinks that this thing would be very helpful. And I was like, you know what? I think I need that thing. And so like, I, I click the link, I go to it, and then I start going through like this butterfly thing, you know, where like upsell, downsell, and then before I know it, I've, I've purchased something, and then several I get a, yeah, several <laughs> things, and I get this response back, and it was like this big aha moment that, oh my gosh, that is what marketing, I just got marketed to. I just got know? marketed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that email was from Ryan. You know, and yeah. so, so I was like, that was really good. And I, so I kind of kept my eye on him and this was before digital marketer and traffic conversion and all that stuff oh, wow. existed. Like I remember postcard arbitrage was like a thing that they did and all these different things. But whenever he started digital marketer or the, the team started digital marketer and started coming out with certifications and he started teaching the customer value journey. I started seeing that, you know, basically everything starts with that avatar and that before and after and that CVJ. And I was like, that's great. I'm going to do those things because those are foundational pieces. Like you really shouldn't start a project unless you do those things. And so, yeah, I started kind of going through that process and doing it. But I think like a lot of people in digital marketer, I got lazy and I started skipping over it Yeah, because I think a lot of business owners, they don't really have the time or patience to sit down. It's like you're interrogating them, right? <laughs> Tell me <laughs> about your you customers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, shouldn't you know all this? It's like, well, I, I can't know until How? you actually tell me, right? And so I could see like the, there's a problem there. Like everybody knows that that's what you need to do. And so as DM grew and they started lab in the Facebook group, it grew tremendously. 
um, you could tell that these waves of members were coming in and they were asking the same questions. And I found the answer to almost every single question was, did you do your avatar? Did you do your before and after? Did you do your CVJ? Well, no. <laughs> you know? What is that? Like, uh, <laughs> well, okay. Why would class. you do that? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so I would ask those things. And even myself, I wasn't really doing it. And then I remember uh, there was a, a time when uh, DM was supposed to have some kind of event in Austin and they decided to cancel the event, but they couldn't get out of the contract for the venue. And so they just invited all the members down to Austin. They're like, come for a one day thing and we're going to teach you this great thing that's going to, you know, insert yeah. headline here from, <laughs> from Ryan, you know, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is great. This is going this, this to revolutionize everything. This is the secret sauce, you know. So I go down there and I get in there and the room is packed and they come out on stage. And the first thing they talk about is the avatar, the before and after in the CVJ. And I got really mad. I was like, come <laughs> on, man. Like this, and now, now, granted, they did get into some, like they talked about character diamonds and other things, and those things were really neat. Yeah. But my initial reaction was, this is not a secret. That. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me that it is the secret. It is the secret. It is the secret. You know, you can go out and you can do all these great marketing things and use all these tools. But if you don't understand those things as a foundation of your marketing, like everything you do in marketing is birthed out of that. And so I understood that immediately. And I kind of did something weird. I actually like unsubscribed from everything from digital marketer because I didn't want to keep trying to pursue that next thing and that next uh, you know, secret. I wanted to take some time to actually master how to do those things. And, and so we actually ended up developing the first major process and how we build a website. And those are the first three steps. It's like a, it's a 50 step process, but those are the first three steps every single time. And I really like honed in on the fact that you've got to know who you help, how you help them and why it matters. Cause if you don't know those things, everything else you do is not going to be in alignment and I've struggled to stick to that, you know, and, and and there's been times where I've struggled to actually understand how to connect with customers. Um, it's it's a really tough thing. And so that was that was kind of like my first big aha. Well, second big aha. Second big, yeah. Yeah. You know, the first one was, oh, this is marketing. And the second one is this is really the secret. I remember uh, going to TNC and Ryan got up on stage and he held up, uh, you know, uh, breakthrough advertising and he talked about how that book at the time was selling on Amazon for a thousand dollars and it's interesting how like the best quote of the entire book is on the very first page you know it's like if you don't understand that part which the quote is you know you can't create desire you can only harness it mm -hmm. if you don't understand that very first thing everything else is just going to fall to the wayside Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's, uh, I mean, you said a lot there, but the customer value journey, well, because you look at the customer value journey, like, oh, it's a map and there's some icons on it and I get the path and whatever, but until you really do it and you see it work and then, and this took me a while too, because I started a digital marketer and I hadn't been, I hadn't been into any marketing education, which oh, a lot wow. of people don't know. I was not, a, I didn't go to conferences. I didn't do courses. I did absolutely nothing. I just taught myself how to do stuff. And then I'm like, well, here's my method. 
for doing this thing <laughs> yeah. based on my experience. <laughs> and so then I came into this. I'm like, oh my gosh. And you're right. It was aha mode. Like, this is marketing. This is yeah. what takes people like thousands or tens of thousands of words to explain. And it's just this little basic map. And that's yeah. it. And once you understand that, then you could you could do anything you want. So let's apply it. Uh, you've rebranded into Venton, uh, yeah. added the the webmaster in there. Uh, let's just talk about that process, kind of why you rebranded, uh, why you're switching to your subscription model, which I think is a good move, uh, and kind of how you're you're applying that CVJ into the new process. Yeah. So I was running through Facebook one day and I saw somebody recommend this book and the title was compelling. The title was called Time's Up. It's by two authors. and I believe one of them is Ron Baker. And basically these authors, they they created the idea of value-based pricing uh, in early 2000s. And so value-based pricing is how most salespeople sell today. You know, you identify what the what the needs and the pain points are, you can, you know, you basically, you diagnose an issue, prescribe a solution, but the, 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 the chasm between the before state and the after state is what gives you the value that you can then charge. Right. Mm. But so that, that book was, uh, was published by Wiley and Wiley came out who are the publishers of the dummies books. And, um, Wiley came out and asked them if they want to do an update to that book. And they said, actually, we want to change everything because we see the market completely changing. And so the whole book is about, you know, professional services as a subscription. And uh, I really went through really great things and talks about a lot of the benefits of focusing on the outcomes and focusing on the benefits and, and what the customer can experience. And, it's it, the hardest thing has been trying to explain the difference between a subscription and a retainer. You know, a retainer is you're agreeing to a certain amount of hours, but with the subscription, we're saying we're taking all the, all the things off and saying, whatever you need, we're going to be able to do that for you. Right. And so I got really excited about, about my business after reading this book, because I felt like I needed to do some kind of paradigm shift in the way that we did things. And I was like, this is really neat. But of course I sat down and I said, I'm going to do those first three <laughs> steps. You know, I've got to do those first three steps. And I started going through the process and I was like, you know, I want to really make sure I do good on creating a vision statement. And so I go in Google and I'm like, what's the best way to create a vision statement? And first I had to scroll through all the ads and yeah. all the other junk that's up there and I go to the first website and you got to scroll through even more ads and more junk. And then you don't really get an answer. It's like they hide the answer at the end of the article, you know? And so I did that like six times. And I, um, I remember people talking about chat GPT and it had already, this was, uh, late December. So it already been out for a month and a half or so. And I thought, well, let's go give that a shot. Let's see how smart this thing actually can be. And so I asked it, you know, what's the best way to create a vision statement? And it gave me a really clear, concise method. And so I started asking him more questions and I was asking, so what questions would you ask me to, um, to get a better vision statement? So it gave me those. And I just, I just answered all those questions and it just through a series of prompts, we were able to kind of come to it. And then I had this idea. I was like, what if, I start just putting all the information about my business into this thing because I, I started figuring out that it's cumulative. You know, mm-hmm. when you start a chat, 
and you start putting data into that chat, it remembers everything else in that chat. And so I already had an avatar sheet. I already had a before and after, and I already had a CVJ all, all done. So I start putting in the pain points. I start putting in the challenges. I start putting in the goals. I start putting in all that information. And now all of a sudden, this chat understands who my customers are um, from the limited amount that I gave it. And then I used it to expand that information. So instead of having five pain points, now we got 30 pain points or we got, you know, 30 challenges, we got 30 outcome statements, 30 benefits, and we just create the whole thing. And so now we've been going through the process of just refining that because I thought this is a great way to kind of solve that problem of people not wanting to do the, the foundational stuff, you know, and if I could figure out a way to speed that process up. And so, we refined it a few times and then we ran one of our customers through it and we did the whole process in an hour. You know, we got the, we got the whole thing done and it's not, it goes beyond those first three steps. It's just like, you know, we ended up coming out with like a whole branding book, a whole prospect book, a whole social media strategy in the matter of an hour because we're feeding it the information. And, and what's great about it compared to human is it will only stay focused on the data you give it. And so like that customer we ran through, they found errors, but it was errors that were already on their website that we <laughs> fed it. So it only came up with those errors because it was what we exactly what yeah. we had already fed it. So, yeah. Yes. So that's how we're kind of taking that and, and applying it. That That's a fantastic use case. And, and you know, it's funny because you think like, oh, you're talking to an AI, but, you know, it's not a person that you're writing these ideas from. And it's actually better because it's unbiased, uh, doesn't know your history, doesn't have personal perceptions of how you are. And I think we skew a lot of data to each other just because you're being polite or or you hate yeah. somebody. That happens too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, with an AI, it's just learning. It just knows what you tell it and it's just giving you feedback. So it's almost like talking to yourself, but it's an external process that makes it more tangible and useful. Right. Absolutely. It's like talking to yourself without all the squirrels, you know, yes. without losing, without losing focus. And so as long as it's keep, as long as it continues to stay on topic, you can stay on topic and still produce more results, you know? And so we've taken it through, I've taken my business through a seventh, seven different iterations and each time we fine tuned it, but the biggest, I think the biggest opportunity and, and again, we talked about this earlier, like we don't really know what this thing is and what it's going to do. But I know in my heart that this change in technology is what's going to, you know, solve the big problems in this world. It, it's, it's what's going to take us, you know, space travel to new universes. Mm -hmm. Time, time travel, whatever, you know, it's, it's far-fetched and, and, and all that stuff, but why not dream big? Why not see the opportunity that's coming? Like, I think that if I could fine tune this process, which we're working on, uh, you know, putting out uh, a finished product in AI software that mm -hmm. goes beyond chat GPT, but connects to all different models to help, you know, aspiring business owners be able to do this. Like, I loved watching the Bing presentation where mm. Satya was talking about, you know, imagine a goat farmer in rural India can finally complete these, you know, government forms and be able to get what he needs, you know? And so like, 
I've been keeping my eye on Southeast Asia because there's a lot of people there. But what if we could enable them to be able to, to in less than an hour, have a whole foundation on their business? Um, I told you earlier that I taught myself how to code websites when I was in prison. And coming out of prison, what I learned is that I needed to harness that hustle that I was used to and put it to good work. It's one of the greatest ways to reduce recidivism is mm. by helping ex-inmates be able to build a business and then become a tax payer instead of a, a tax taker, you know? <laughs> and so to me, it's like, what if I can give ex-inmates an opportunity to be able to build this quickly and have them be able to iterate and get feedback almost immediately and get started with their business today? No, that's fantastic. That's, that's such a good point. Well, and I love how you talk about, you know, Southeast Asia and the amount of people who have never used the search engine and probably don't have a bunch of our bad habits, but now they could get the answers they want instantly or fill out the forms. Well, one of the applications for AI that I, I've talked about before is just imagine that same prompt on like a website that's pulling all of your website data and then anybody yeah. can ask anything and the answer will be based on that brand. And so- right. How, what will that do for being able to communicate your message to people where they don't have to like, oh, let me look at the about page and then, okay, it wasn't there. Go over services. Okay, crap. Contact. Oh, the form's not working. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like that's the traditional experience. So what you're talking about is like the next level of, uh, you know, connection with your visitors, which I think is going to, well, I mean, I think it's going to be 100% necessary because people are going to expect that. They're going to be like, Absolutely. I don't have time to search. <laughs> Right. And imagine this too, like instead of you, like, like all the content on your site can be fashioned specifically for your ideal prospect because mm. it's, it's generated the content for it, you know, and, and with the calls to action in mind as well, you know, earlier on agency talk, we were talking about, you were mentioning about what if you could get interest, the personalized interests of the of the mm. student involved in a course. And that was one of the first things we did. We used Descript to take all of my mini courses that I have and transcribe them. And then we fed that into chat GPT into a into a chat that's tuned for my business and had to completely rewrite it specifically for our our avatar. Ah. And so it's like instead of me just talking and, you know, going down rabbit holes or whatever, it's focused and it it speaks directly to them and gives them the information that they're looking for. That's, that's genius because I think it's, uh, it's hard to get outside yourself, you know, which yeah. we kind of talked about. And, and when you're, when it does it for you, then you don't need to, because that kind of connection requires you to know the person enough to know like, okay, here's how they receive information. Here's what they're interested in. And now I'm going to formulate a response based on those two things. And uh, it's, it's a huge pain in the butt. And so we can skip all that and right. just give the right people the right information absolutely as soon as they want it. So that's that's genius. So all, all those kind of concepts are rolling into the new uh, kind of subscription-based offering, which makes a ton of sense because things are changing and you'll be able to just change with the times, right? Absolutely. I mean, with by using these tools and, and fine-tuning them the way that, we, that we've discovered that we can do it, you know... It, I talked about the subscription is going to be a progressive subscription. So it'll start with the level where we build out mm. their online presence, optimize their online presence, build their website, get it launched. And then once they're done with that, if they want to move on into growth, then we'll do all their marketing and stuff. But 
what ends up the way I envision the software being is that it's becomes these modules that they basically, mm-hmm. once they subscribe to that level, we just have to go hit a few buttons and it is going to take what it already knows about that customer and be able to generate all those things. And so it, it really, it really streamlines the process and allows us to be able to hire more people to automate it and, and move a lot faster. I, I think that's the big thing is that like, this is not the end all be all right now, but what it is, is it's a tool. It's a tool that can, that I love the way that Microsoft calls it. It's your co-pilot, right? Uh, it just, it, it, it's, it's beside you. It doesn't know everything that you know, but it really needs someone who has a master of what they're doing. You know, like, like I got a friend, he's a musician. He knows music in and out. He's using chat GPT to compose music. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know how to compose music, so I'll never use it for that. But when you pair a tool like this with a master, there's great things that can come out of it. No, it's fantastic. I think it highlights the point that, you know, marketers aren't dead. The profession isn't dead. It's actually right. going to be more powerful than ever for people who Absolutely. know what to do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, who, and who knows? Maybe the new people who have never done marketing and then they start with these tools, like I have no idea what they're going to do with it because they're not hindered by all of our decades of damage <laughs> i'm glad you said that though because i think uh you know one of the things that we saw was a new age of marketers came in and they got very dependent on the data that we were able to use and then when privacy became an issue i saw a lot of those new new school marketers kind of lose their edge and their ability mm-hmm. and really kind of gave us old school marketers the edge um but th- the great thing is is that like like if these people the, the next generation of people that come in starting to use these, I would still implore them to study the old marketing ways because let's be honest, marketing hasn't changed in over a thousand years. It's the same concepts. Like the, the older, the book that I read it, you know, like, like wizard of ads, I think it's wizard mm. of ads. No, it's, it's the one by Claude C Hopkins. Like I was reading, I think it's uh, scientific advertising is what that one is. And there's a part in there where he was talking about, if you want to sell more coffee, then walk your horse into the middle of the square and open up your, your, your carriage. And I was like, wait, when was this written? And it was like, <laughs> written, it was like written in the twenties, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was like, but the concepts are still, are still there. You know, the, the Eugene Schwartz's, the, the David Ogilvy's, you know, the, you know, Dan Kennedy's of the world, they perfected that. And so I think if, if my advice to anyone who's listening to this that gets into marketing, once you get to that point where you do it really well, start looking back in time and mm. seeing, seeing how the masters did it and apply it to new technologies that are available to you today. Oh, that's, that's a fantastic tip. And I've, I've actually echoed that same thing where it's like, man, we're going back to old school marketing where the product matters, your message matters, your, how you handle your customers matters. Like what, what we've really adopted to is this commoditized version of marketing where it's like, well, anybody can run an ad, like go ahead and just plop whatever up there, like whatever message doesn't really matter. Content for your articles, like anybody could write it. Nobody's going to read it. And you just plowed out through this, this content and this, this advertising that had no meaning behind it. Right. And so 
I think I think it's going to be awesome. I think everybody's going to be much happier. Everybody's going to find products they love, brands they love, and marketers will start being appreciated like they probably should have been. But we kind of self sabotage <laughs> a little bit. But now they <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. I, I, this has been a great chat. Uh, love what you're doing. I, I love your your you know concepts of AI because I think they're spot on, and, and we're going to start seeing them come true really quickly. Uh, where can people find out more about you, your new brands, follow you, hire you, all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always say start with LinkedIn. Find me on LinkedIn. Uh, that's the best place. We'll be rolling out our new website soon. It's going to be at Vinton.pro. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can see how we're going to be doing our subscription models and things like that. And uh, yeah, so that's that's those are the best ways to get a hold of me. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, James. I think this has been a great chat. Uh, you know, I came from website development too. So I'm like, yeah, get them. Do something new and fun. Bring Webmaster back. I love That's that. right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who is clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketing. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.